Well, hello there. I'm Matt, and I like home videos. Do you like to sit around for a while? Found yourself a little pet crocodile. Do you like to just live in the moment? Do you like the stars and moon in the comments? What do you like? Do you like? 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 Welcome to What Do You Like, the podcast where you get to know a person through their passions and hobbies. I'm your host, Jeremy Zaha, and we're having a very exciting conversation with someone that you may know from a lot of things. Um, biggest thing, you may know him from the We Watch Wrestling podcast. That's where I got to know him. Uh, he's also been on Conan. He's been on a ton of college humor shorts. You might catch him on corporate on comedy central. Um, you've probably seen him in every good commercial on TV nowadays. Um, or you may have heard his stand-up comedy album, sober dad. Um, that's available on all, uh, streaming platforms. Uh, but today you're going to know him from the, what do you like podcast? I'm very excited to have this man on. I've been a fan of him for many years. Um, but I'll welcome to the podcast, Mr. Matt McCarthy. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me. We're talking about home video, the the media that allowed the cinema to enter into the homes of society. Um, and to get started, uh, do you remember the first home video that uh, you ever obtained or watched? And what was it like when you that experience? I don't know. I mean, it must have been because um, I, I mean, I was born uh, in 1979. So I grew up in the 80s and I grew up um, with a I remember not having a VCR. And then I remember having having a VCR and getting our first VCR. But again, I would have been in those very like very early formative years of like four or five you know maybe kindergarten let's say i think sounds like a, about the right time frame and i don't remember like the first movie we would have rented um and we were much more of a family we didn't buy a lot of you know official releases we were much more of a rental family and tape stuff off tv family so the the collection of movies i grew up with was stuff either taped from tv or you know there were periods where we did and didn't have either hbo or cinemax or when the early days of pay-per-view started. Um, I remember the 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 pay-per-view system. Uh, I mean, channel. It wasn't even a system. Was in our area on East Providence cable. Was uh, I grew up in Rhode Island. Was called Request, and it was like, and there was no pressing the button on the remote. It was you know, call up the company, be like, you know, here's the schedule. We wanted it at this time. Not we wanted it this time, but I want you to, you know, 
Scrooge is playing at 7.30 p.m. and we want, you know, to order that. I still have the tape of that airing, as a matter of fact, of when we ordered Scrooge. And at the very, very beginning, there's still a little bit of, because there was two different channels. One was previews, you know, trailers, ads for, you know, the movies that were on that month or however long they, they ran. And then the other channel was, you know, the scrambled channel. And so I, at the very beginning, there still is like a couple seconds of the ad for Scrooge ending before it started. And it was like, you know, coming to you on pay-per-view. But the first video we had... I mean, it must have been, uh, I mean, my earliest memory interacting with the VCR was trying to tape um, what many, many years later I came to realize was Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, the, the, the Muppets Christmas special, kind of their, their telling of uh, the gift of the Magi. And I never, you know, obviously I would have been like five, let's say. So I wasn't, I hadn't. I didn't have a total awareness of what was going on or what we were going to watch. It was kind of a thing where like, you know, my brother and sister are a lot older and, and then my parents, probably more my mom was like, Oh, this is going to be coming on. We're going to tape it. And so, but it's, you know, past your bedtime, you can see the very, very beginning. And all I remembered was Kermit being on it and there being some sort of like it was like other Muppets I, I never recognized, didn't know who they were. And I had like a vision, like what one of that they were like reptilian or like lizards or something. And they were mean to Kermit. And I was just so intrigued by that and couldn't wait, you know, the next morning or if it was after school, whatever it was. But like we put the tape in or press play on the tape and it was just static. Because it was oh, it was no. brand new VCR and we didn't know how to do it. And it was one of those things that gnawed at me my entire life. And honestly, it wasn't until I was probably uh, like 24, 25, like we're talking like a solid 20 years later. I was at a friend's place and um, like their neighbor was hanging out with their roommate and they were watching you know, they started watching Emma Otter's Jerk Man Christmas and I came in and I saw that scene and was like, holy shit, this is it. This is the thing, you know. Um, there's 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 been a couple of movies like that. I may have pegged them all. There's 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 where like I remember seeing it when I was super small on TV alone and no clue what it was and i actually just uncovered recently a um um an episode of captain kangaroo in the 80s wow like i, I put i put it out there i was like this is what i remember happening in the episode and then somebody and i'm like and i had a feeling it was captain kangaroo but it was one of those things where it was like you need other people's help you can't just like the search terms weren't enough yeah and I found it and I wound up tracking down a, a, a VHS of, it, you know, and it felt like that was like the last thing, you know, there were like Phantom of the Paradise was something I saw on TV and was freaked out and didn't know what it was. And it stuck with me. Midnight Madness, I believe, is Michael J. Fox's first movie. 
Um, again, saw it late on TV, didn't know what it was, stuck with me and then rediscovered it. And then the last one that I've, I've had a strange image of, I feel like might be American Werewolf in London, but it's like my, my, the memory of it. And it always felt like a flawed memory was that they're in like a spaceship. And then we see inside the, the cockpit and it's a guy sitting next to a skeleton who's talking to him. When I saw American Werewolf in London, I was like, this must be the scene. And I just conflated if I was flipping channels and saw a spaceship or something. Sure. I don't know what, but, you know, so it, it's, it's always been, you know, taping stuff off TV, which is like my jam. And those are my favorite kind of tapes to grab. And then it's always like a treasure hunt. But then the first... I remember being at because my sister and my brother are, are like a lot older like nine and ten years older so i remember being at my sister's apartment or dorm room uh i'm not sure which but the roommate had like a store-bought copy of raiders of the lost ark and i just couldn't believe it i was like this is the coolest <laughs> thing i've ever seen you know that you have this um so that was a big part of it but i I feel like the first store bought home video vhs must have been um it's got to be uh christmas 1989 my brother gave me uh batman on vhs oh wow of course i still have you know i think that's that's really interesting like many of these you've said you still have and Mm. Uh, I think that that says a lot about the the importance of them. Like, how have you been able to kind of maintain all of these? I mean, I'm sure you've moved multiple times. Obviously, you've started a family. Like, how they'd be so easy, I think, in and just in life and these kind of disappearing. Like, what have you done to make sure that you've maintained all these? Uh, Well, a lot of stuff has disappeared. I mean, there are I mean, like. For instance, I was just going through. It's it's so funny to have these thoughts or moments because I I was going through some tapes and organizing, and all of a sudden I was just like, "Where's my copy of Spartacus on VHS?" Like I I know, I I can picture it exactly what it looked like the double cassette the special edition, you know. But I I have it on DVD. It's not like I'm like oh, fuck. I want to watch Spartacus, but it, it's one of those things. Plus, we're living in a day and age where it's. You know, if I wanted to watch Spartacus, I could press a button and watch it probably pretty easily. But uh, it's it's usually I, I it's I I was taught from a very early age, literally by my father. Don't throw it away. It might be worth something someday. He used to say that was one of his like sayings, you know, study hard, get into the college of your choice. Don't throw it away. It might be worth something someday, you know. Go back in there and wash your hands. <laughs> you know, that type of stuff. It was, uh, and it, it, so I do come from, it's not like my father has like a big collection of anything necessarily. Um, but my brother and I definitely caught, you know, that collector's bug, you know, comic books early on. My brother's got a huge uh, Grateful Dead music collection. I mean, incredible 
uh, amount of tapes. And then once he got into the CDs in the nineties, it was just like, like he still has them all. It's, 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 it's really quite a sight. Um, and myself, I was just more partial to, I mean, I love music, but you know, I still have all my CDs, but they're in a couple boxes in the garage. I don't have a CD player. Maybe I'll grab some, uh, if I'm driving in the car, you know, the dead, they'll put out the Dave's picks that are only on CD. I'll listen to those, but I always had a fascination with, uh, VHS tapes, you know, um, and I, I, so, so the one thing is, um, when we would, the, the only real way to lose stuff would be if things got taped over. Yeah. And that, that's a, that's a bummer, you know, cause I can remember stuff that I either had or we had taped or then like something better is coming on TV or a movie's about to start or like a pay-per-view is about to start. And it's just like, all right, who's, who's going to go? Who's you know, sacrificial. Plus then, then you're wearing out the tape by, you know, you know, yes. keep dubbing on top of it. It's, 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 it's a hell of a thing, but yeah, there's a lot of, um, say like, like, like nine 11, for instance, I was in New York and I'm, a, I've always been a, um, my brother got into this of like, well, say like, even go back further. My father still has all the newspapers after Kennedy got killed. Right. So that, that's always been a, you know, and I love that getting to just take a peek, you know, into history or even just, you know, beyond the Kennedy articles, it's like, look at this ad for lettuce, you know, yes. it's just like, I love that. So, um, like when, uh, Cobain, uh, died or Jerry Garcia died, we, I still have those cassettes of like trying to tape the news when the news reports would come on. Um, my brother I know has somewhere a, a tape of when John Kennedy Jr. crashed his plane. And as a matter of fact, he, he has it on, he just happened to be taping ABC news when, um, you know, Captain Jenks from the Stern show crank called Peter Jennings and was like, yeah, we have some information about oh, man. Kennedy's plane, <laughs> Baba Booey, Baba Booey, that type of thing. You know? um, so that said, like uh, 9-11, I was like, looking for tape. I still have all the tapes of like, this is a moment in history. This is like, this is the biggest thing I've ever seen. Um, and I remember recently like going through tapes, like, I wonder what I taped over. I was looking for a specific tape and I was like, there's no way I would have taped over it even on like September 11th, but like peeling back tape, like the labels trying to figure out like what was on this tape type of thing. Cause it's, it's, it's especially in like 2001, you don't think, um, I'm going to be able to watch all this news footage on the internet at some point. Mm -hmm. You know, like we had the internet, but we didn't have the 2021 in yeah, it. You, you, could, know? you could barely watch a five second clip back then. Oh, forget it. I remember trying to watch the, uh, the Phantom Menace trailer in my buddy's dorm room and I was like, this is taken forever. Yeah. And then it looks like shit on top of it. Yeah, that was like the yeah. the peak of like Napster too, where you'd have to set uh oh yeah set a a download overnight, and you wake up and realize that's right. a completely different song. Um, right, you'd wake up in the morning and be like, "Ah, oh, stopped working." <laughs> Somebody picked up the phone in the middle of the night. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah man. that's so interesting. And that you bring up a really uh, good highlight of like the the value of these recordings because like nowadays we can watch any movie, we can watch any TV show. It's all available. But like the context of that, like all the commercials and all, all like the news, yeah. thing, like that is something that's just gone. And uh, I know uh, listening to your podcast, you're going through Mid South Wrestling. The music licenses are all different. So like ha- to having right. the the original uh, recording of it is, is is so interesting. And then also, your family is very different than mine. My family, we had only a couple VHSs, and we just recorded over them nonstop, which was terrible. And yeah. that the the quality, like you said, just got tear like worse right. and worse each time. Uh, but I think it's amazing that like you were like your family was really had the 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 mindset like no we want to keep all this we want to develop a collection um and i think it really speaks to the value of that you put in your collection that you have all these things is there any um like vhs that you kind of view as like you're like holy grail like something that you will make sure you have no matter what and will protect it Except for like right after you take your your wife and kid right, yeah. out of the house, you grab this VHS. Of course. Um, I mean, I I I feel like I mean the two things that come to mind are first just trying to think of one of these tapes of stuff that's you know taped off a of TV. Cause those are one of a kind, mm-hmm. you know, um, just like happen to catch a particular broadcast, you know, you're just capturing a moment in time and it's fascinating. There is some sort of like a, I feel like it goes, of course there's a heavy amount of nostalgia in it, but I feel like it's also, I just like it. it, it there's more to it than that. It, it's almost, it's almost like a chance to like time travel or like, just like peek into another part of the world or the country or put it this way. There are even like tapes I have, you know, I'll buy them. And it's just like, I don't know if I'm buying them from the person who made the recording or if they, they're just clearing out other shit or what. And now I have it, but it's like, you know, I found tapes like I always love when somebody starts flipping the channels because I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is this is wild. It's like, what what else is on? What what are you looking for? Who are you? You know, it's I mean, I found one tape. It was just straight up. Um, these two kids going to like the San Diego's like a, like a legit home movie uh, going to the San Diego Zoo and uh, to Disney and universe like all this other shit maybe not universal because this was like early 80s but i went up tracking the girl down you know because well, they kept saying their first names and then at the very end it was like the the woman recording everything mentioned the last name and so i did a couple of quick google searches and like based on like because they were visiting la and she mentioned whatever town they were from or at least the area in ohio or something and I actually found the woman, you know, she's my age on Facebook. And I was like, Hey, is this you and your brother? And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I found this at a, 
at a junk store. You want a copy of it? And she's like, that's why. Like, we were visiting my mom's cousin. She was working in L.A. And last we heard, she started working for the LAPD. And then we never heard from her again. I don't know how the tape would have wound up in a junk store. You know, it's just like we no idea whatever happened became of her. It's like a distant cousin who was like, hey, you know, send the kid. And it's also wild, too, of like kind of a distant route. Like she's like, I would never do this with my kids, like send them to hang out with some second cousin that we kind of know, you know, put your kids on a plane by themselves. It's just it's wild to see even like a glimpse of that, of like what the world used to be like, what how families used to be, how even even like at the San Diego Zoo, like they the the video starts with them riding on an elephant. And my initial reaction was like, wow, that's so fucked up. Yeah. And then like you now you can Google it and be like, oh, find out when they stop doing that. Like they're you're not allowed to like ride on the elephants anymore. Either like a kid got hurt or the elephant gets hurt. You know, it's just it's wild. So maybe a tape like like one of those, nothing specific comes to mind, but each tape is so unique and such an adventure of like, God, even like watching, like I got a copy of like Jeff Daniels and Michael Richards in a movie called trial and error, which I'd never seen. It's just like a kind of a crappy B minus, you know, courtroom comedy, but the person taped it off of, encore which i don't even is that even still a movie channel does encore still exist i don't i don't know i don't think so, so. it's maybe so it's interesting so the beginning and the end are bookended with like you know one of those when they actually still had hosts they still do it on like turner classic movies but it's like everybody every show used to have like a you know a joe bob briggs or you know whoever like a you know i'm Ben Mankiewicz and this woman's just like if you're a comedy fan you're in you're in luck and I'm saying I'm like this is crazy that this woman's like her job is to endorse this shitty movie but what's doubly weird is there was then there's another tape I found of um just like a random like anything I always my favorite thing even when I was a kid was like you record a show and you, you set the VCR and then it records the whole night you know, and then you get to because there also is that that adventure of like, I'm in bed. What was happening on TV type of thing? You know? Yeah. I don't think kids today or probably ever again will. I mean, maybe they will. But like that, that that fear of missing out thing, um, certainly with like real life interactions, that's unique and one of a kind. But like they'll never know the feeling of missing a show. You know, they'll never know the feeling of, did you see what happened last night? No. When it reruns in the summer, remember to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause then you'll, and you'll never get the opportunity again. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I mean, the fucking, the first 10 years of the tonight show starring Johnny Carson are gone because the people at NBC were like, who would ever want to watch old Johnny Carson's again? So they taped over the tapes. You know, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. I think I think nowadays, like the the new version of that is there's just so much content that you're just never going to like there's content that people are just never going to be exposed to. Like everyone's going to be kind of in their their bubble. And like that one time you talk to someone outside your bubble, it'll be 
oh, if you watch yeah. this, no, there's no possible way I watch that because there's 18,000 hours of television being made every minute. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because there is that thing of like, there is a, there's now that it's easier to watch stuff, I'm going to wind up missing more things because it's always there and I can get to it whenever I want to, which, you know, will I'll never get to it. Um, which is wild, you know, but I don't know, like the, um, so something I would grab if it was in a fire. I mean, the other, the, the other thing I was thinking of was a store-bought thing and it's just, it's rare. I've certainly never seen it anywhere else. And a lot of people I talked to have never heard of the movie, but it was again, just like at a random flea market going through VHS tapes, just grabbing whatever sounded interesting, seemed like it was from an era I'd be, you know, want to see always bad movies, just, you know, 80s, 90s, whatever. And I found this movie called Pulse Beat, which I'd never heard of. And I was just like, what is this? And the cover, it just, it looks like, it's so funny, the artwork of some of these things or like the font they use where you're like, okay, there's, it's 80s, it's fun, it's sex, it's comedy, it's, you know, it seemed like they're, they are dancing and it's not a, it's not a dancing movie. It's, it's about aerobics and it's, and it's so bad. <laughs> it's absolutely fascinating. There are bare breasts in the, in the opening credits before the title of the movie even comes up. Okay. Wow. And it's clearly, it's one of these instances where, you know, the, the guys who wrote and directed it, they never wrote or directed anything ever again. They were from another country, didn't have a total grasp on the English language, which then stilts a lot of the dialogue where you're like, why, why are they saying this or these, you know, saying it this way? And the aerobics studio is clearly a uh, racquetball court where they're just <laughs> shooting at night when the racquetball is closed and the plot's convoluted. It's funny, actually, the plot is, um, and this came out, you know, probably 10, 20 years before dodgeball. It's the exact same plot as dodgeball. So who knows if somebody lifted it or what, wow. um, or if it's just, you know, such an easy <laughs> plot to come up with, but, the star of it, nobody, nobody who's in it was ever in anything else. The guy who's the star in Pulse Beat showed up in what's that Larry David movie he made on HBO where they're like they he restarts everything. Oh. Do you know the one I mean? It is it's like start over or like restart or like where yeah. They, he remakes the world where like, you know, plugs are higher so you don't have to bend over and he's got a full head of hair and a beard and all that shit. I'd have to Google it, but he's an extra in that. Like at one point you just see him like, oh, react in the back of the scene. I'm like, oh my God, it's the guy from fucking Pulse Street. <laughs> um, it's wild. It's really, really wild. Uh, but that's one where I'm just like, I got so lucky to just find it and grab it and it's in good shape and then it turns out i was like oh nobody even like people who are like deep into collecting tapes and bad movies and i'm like they don't know this movie or like i've never seen other copies of it so there is something like there's a 
there's several different kinds of values that I have to it. Plus I just enjoy it like crazy. And I make copies of it for people. I'm like, you have to see this movie, you know? That's so interesting. It almost seems like you've taken on the, the role of almost like being a historian of this. Like you, you've taken it upon yourself to maintain yeah. history through your collection. There, I, I think that, I think that is true. I think there is an aspect to it because um, even more so than with music, it's, I don't know, maybe other people feel differently about it, but with music, there is something like, it doesn't, I mean, CDs when a, like when a people, you can still get things on CD, but people just aren't, aren't interested. Vinyl is still a thing. You know, you can still get old music, new music on vinyl. People still enjoy vinyl. There was like a, a dip where it was like, there were bell bottoms. It was vinyl. It was like, what, get out of here. They're done. It didn't last very long, but audio cassettes. I mean, there still is a fascination, I think, because it's, it's obsolete, but it, it from, from my perspective, it does feel like in DVDs now too, especially tapes, just home video. It just, as soon as it became, you can watch any movie, any show, press a button, boom, it's there. This shit just got abandoned, mm -hmm. you know? And I think more and more people are starting to realize either what, like, with some of these streaming services, it's like one of three things or, or all three at once. It's like either the shit I was going to watch vanished. Mm -hmm. You know, every once in a while you'll see a post or an email of like, here's what's about to leave Netflix. Watch it while you can. Um, and I think we're going to see more and more of that as like, you know, the, the studios and start their own streaming services. Mm -hmm. There's going to be like a real tug and pull of who's going to, have what content the other one is not everything is how it aired you know like i was just talking to somebody about um they found an article about the muppet show coming up on disney plus yeah. right and how um some of them maybe even all of them they're gonna have you know a warning of like um I mean, fuck Sesame Street, old Sesame Streets have warning labels on them, too, where it's like this was a different time. It may not be appropriate for today's kids, which is wild to think of that in a vacuum. But as a parent, I can see where there are like it's nice to have some guidance. Sure. You know, sure. I don't think that things should be deleted or censored. Um and I think we are seeing some of that things get pulled things instead of, which doesn't address the issue. It just is like, yeah, well, we'll just pretend we didn't do that. Sorry. Yeah. Type of thing, which is, uh, which I think is wrong. And I think doesn't help move us forward. Um, and there are certain episodes of the, of, of the Muppet show that are not available and won't be available. They're not on DVD. They were never released on VHS and they're not on Disney plus, which ostensibly could mean we'll never see them again. Um, which I think is less of a, they did something politically incorrect and more of a, we're not going to pay this music license. Mm -hmm. Cause like, for example, in the last season of the Muppet show, there's a episode that Brooke Shields hosts that is not 
going to be on Disney Plus. And so I was like, what the fuck did they do? <laughs> and so I look up the episode and it's mostly just like Alice in Wonderland, uh, Wizard of Oz. And I'm like, oh, this has to just be licensing music. They're not going to pay the money type of shit. Because there's also even like the Muppet Family Christmas. Um, when that aired, my buddy, my buddy, he's my best friend. We were roommates all through college. Um, Jared has still has his VHS of when they taped it when it was on TV. Um, and that airing, even at the time specifically, had songs in it that they licensed only for the original airing. And in no subsequent reruns or home video are those songs going to be allowed to be on it. So it's like there's shit like that. It's, plus with the Muppets, it was always it was very musical oriented. Mm-hmm. And it, so there's that. But then the other thing is um, there's stuff that's just not available. There are tens of thousands of movies that aren't streaming, you know, and good stuff, bad stuff, you know, major studio tiny shit because there was just such a explosion when VHS came out of like, you know, a, 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 you couldn't, you couldn't satisfy the consumer. They wanted tapes, you know, and there was just something about the, um, the cases and the, the artwork and just the tactile, you know, holding it in your hand. And then you can get into like, laser disc which are bigger and they look even cooler and then you know i don't know so it's just it's it's one of these things where i i it i think more and more people are starting to become curious as to well what what else is out there what am i missing you know type of thing so it's 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 it, but yeah i i feel like there is a certain sense of this is this is a major part of our history and who we are and we get to see not just because like the physical, the thing in and of itself is a piece of history, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Here's a little thing. It's got magnetic tape in it. You have to be careful with it. It could get erased. It, it, it's going to get worn down. They're not sure, but they were pretty sure this thing should have just been blank by now. You know, that's not the case. I, there are tapes that I have that are still in great working order that, you know that the, the shelf life it was supposed to be ah these will last about 15 years and then all of a sudden they, and I, eventually the mag it will the magnetism will stop mm-hmm. i don't know when that will be but there is something to that of like you know if you get it wet there could be mold in it i've, I've looked at youtube videos of like how to clean mold out of old tapes. You know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's a fascinating thing. So like in and of itself, the actual physical thing is a piece of history, but then what's on it is priceless. Cause it's like, you're capturing moments of time. It's just, it's, it's crazy to me. Yeah. It's, it's really a, a twofold. Um, and, it, mm. and you don't really see that in, in many things that you can collect. A lot of things, it truly is just like either to look at or like the content, but you bring yeah. up a great thing. Like this was not meant to be a permanent thing. Cause I mean, you look at like books, books were realistically right. meant to last, but when these things were put out, like they, it, 
they thought they could sell it, but like it's not going to last forever. So maybe we'll be able to buy it again. And I remember I watched a video recently that at one point, self-destructing DVDs were uh, brought out as like, well, this, these will last uh, a week and then they'll kind of disintegrate. Right. Uh, but like there are still some out there that do work. And it, it, it's a really interesting idea of like that, that again, like saving that history now. Well, that's the idea of too, because it, it, to that point, like Amazon, um, it, when you buy, you know, you can rent the movie and you get a couple of days to watch it or you can buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, you still don't own like that. Like they can take that. Like That's the fine print. They can take that license away at any point. You know, like you buy, say like, say like the super friends, this is pure speculation, but like, say like the show, the super friends, I, you know, I have the full series on Amazon. You got to think at some point, Warner brothers is going to say, we're pulling that and we're going to only exclusively have, you know, the super friends on HBO max. Mm -hmm. That's they can do that. They can just, take it from you and you're right if they if they could have had the foresight to think of you know vhs tapes that you play them once and then they melt they would have done it immediately they hate that you you get sold something and then that's the end of your i mean the idea was supposed to be well keep making good content and i'll keep coming back you know, because mm-hmm. it's 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 it just turns into this greed thing, but they hate the fact that like I buy something once and then now I now I have it. You know, like that's why like I, like how many phones have I had to buy? Like my parents didn't, but you buy one phone <laughs> and you have that phone for the rest of your life. It's supposed to be like you buy a stove mm-hmm. and that's your stove, but it's like no, you need to update it. And then all of a sudden it's like this thing that's been working great for how many years I have it. Then you do that one last update, which also includes now it won't work anymore unless you spend another thousand dollars on a new one. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you've, you've beaten that system. And I think that's the interesting part in that that might be like the last medium or media that you can maintain. I do kind of want to jump to like, obviously movies were a big part of your childhood. And do you feel like having access to so many movies and be able to rewatch them influenced your decision to go into entertainment or do you think it just kind of went hand in hand? No, I think it was, it was, I think that's why I, wanted to i i think it's I, th- I think it goes hand in hand because it's like i was like this seems fun this seems interesting and it so let how do i do that because i remember like especially when the comedy channel started which eventually became ctv for like a week and then it became comedy central which and now comedy central is all they show is office reruns it's insane to me yeah um it's 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 so insane that they've gone this full circle if people are aware of it or not like the original the comedy channel it was like there was original content but it was all they showed was clips it was like mtv 
just like clips of either stand-ups or movies. And it was just the same shit on a loop all fucking day long. So it's, it's, it's kind of wild that that and MTV have turned into that. Like MTV, it's, oh man, remember when MTV was like the height of pop culture and now they just show reruns of ridiculousness and yeah. bad boys part two or something. It's, it's, it's really, <laughs> it's really sad in a way. But uh, when Comedy Central first came on, when the Comedy Channel first came on um, and watching stand-ups, I always, I always loved comedy. I was always interested in comedy. And then getting to see all sorts of different comedians. Um, you know, because growing up in the 80s, I knew, what, Bill Cosby, Steve Martin, Gallagher. Um, and now I get to see all these different people. And, you know, I grew up in a house where it was like John Belushi's name was almost like a saint. You know, it was just like, uh, what a tragedy, what a loss. At least that was my perception of it. Mm -hmm. And um, so to see reruns of SNL, I remember specifically watching, I don't know what sketch it was, but I remember Dana Carvey was on TV. And I remember specifically thinking, how do I do that? Because like, it seems like, it seemed almost obvious to me of like, well, if you want to be a stand-up comedian, you just start writing jokes and going and saying them. But I was like, how do you be an actor who just does funny stuff? Because in, in, my, in my adolescent mind, I was like, I don't want to do plays or be serious but i don't know if i want to just tell jokes this thing of doing scenes and it's funny because now i've done all that stuff yeah. <laughs> it, it was i was just like but i just want to do that i just want to do sketches or funny scenes or just be a funny actor i was like how do you do that um and I still don't know, <laughs> but I've, 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 you know, basically, you know, it, it, it was, I don't know. It, it just, I feel like it was a calling. I was just like, that's all I was interested in doing. So it was like, so I think there was also an aspect of, I enjoyed the collecting. I enjoyed the watching. I enjoyed the studying, you know, like I, there's, there are like John Belushi sketches that I've watched in like on mute just to see how he's moving. Um, like I've watched them in like slow motion, him and Jane Curtin, you know, of like just seeing the way that she's reacting to him or like, you know, I mean, I think my favorite is uh, Jan Hooks. Um, no, I think I know my favorite is Jan Hooks. I think she's the, the most talented person to come out of that show. Um, and Phil Hartman too, of course, but like, I mean, it's just like, I, 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 so there, so, so there was, I don't know if it was a chicken or the egg or if they just coexisted. I think it was more of, they just coexisted of like, I like this and I like every aspect of it. You know, like I, I enjoy, cause like I, I enjoy editing stuff too. I, it's, you know, on the computer, like editing a video, it's, it's almost, um, 
you know, it's fun and I, I'm not like the best at it. And, and there's still challenges and there's plenty of things I don't know how to do. But um, there was also just some unbelievable joy of dubbing tapes or connecting two VCRs together and editing stuff, you know, either videos of my friends or like copying other, like making a mixtape of videos and stuff. Um, but I mean, I, I was so good. There, there are, there are movies that I have where I've rewatched them recently and, and it didn't dawn on me that I was taping it off of TV that I had taped it off of TV until like the little logo of like channel 56 WLNE pops up in the corner. I was like, Holy shit, this had commercials in it, but I was so good. Like I just got into the rhythm of knowing when they were about to go to commercial, how long the breaks were, when they were about to come back and hitting that pause button and having like a flawless, like it just looks like a regular movie. You wouldn't wow. even know that you taped it off TV until the shit comes up. Um, I remember when I lived in Queens, I was that way with the DVR we had. You could just tape, you know, pieces of things. And so I would like, it was almost like these like Easter eggs we would leave for each other um, for the roommates. Like I would just, I would, I would be watching a movie and know a funny scene was coming and I would just tape the one scene and then stop it and leave it there, you know, and, and not say anything until like somebody was watching TV and they would go through and like, oh fuck, what is this? What did McCarthy tape? you know, type of thing is the best, you know, I, I think that really speaks to one thing I've known in doing this podcast. Like one thing that makes a passion truly passion is the desire to share it. Um, mm. And I think, yeah, I think you definitely embody that in like every aspect of it, like with recording videos and then just doing those little scenes, for the roommates. And it's not so much, uh, I'm sure you want the reaction, but it's almost more so you you just think this is important for other people to see. Um. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, what f it's just it's no it makes me think of that scene in um, like that famous episode of Seinfeld where they're waiting for the table at the Chinese restaurant and one by one, Elaine's like, I'm leaving. George is like, I'm leaving. And somebody says to him, well, you can go to the movie by yourself. And he's like, it's plan nine from outer space. What am I going to make sarcastic remarks to strangers? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you want that shared experience. Um, like I've never, I have yet to be to a screening of Rocky Horror Picture Show, but it's like, it's like something that, again, I was like, well, it, every Friday somewhere in the country I could go. And now we're in a place where I'm like, is that ever going to happen again? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, that's an experience I want to have. But at the same time, I just really, really like that movie. And I can watch that movie with somebody or without somebody. Uh, the reason I bring it up is I remember reading a quote where Roger Ebert said, watching Rocky Horror Picture Show at home by yourself makes no sense to me which for me it did make sense but i appreciate the sentiment of it's about the experience you know i like that movie in and of itself but it's also like i've never had that midnight experience of like oh this is bonkers like i remember at the moma they were showing this is back when i lived in new york they showed a, a racer head one afternoon one saturday afternoon 
Um, it's one of my favorite things in the world. It's just, because I love watching movies, but it's like, I used to go to the movies, especially before I was married uh, and before I ever even, you know, met Glennis, I would go to the movies alone all the time and just love that experience of, there was something about being with a group of strangers that we were never going to talk. We weren't going to talk to each other after the movie either, but that moment for those 90 minutes, we were together and we were part of something, you know, in real time. And we were going to leave and tell our friends like, Oh, the whole crowd lost it when this happened. Or, and I remember going to see a racer head one afternoon at the museum of modern art in New York. And, the door opened and just, I rushed. There was a, some of us who rushed to get to the very front row. And that's what I wanted. I wanted the experience of getting a sore neck and just <laughs> seeing this movie as big as I possibly could. And it was such an amazing experience because like, I think the first time I watched Eraserhead, I was alone and I was just like, this is scary and weird and doesn't make sense and i love it and it's gorgeous and i don't know what and i would show it to other people and like one-on-one -on -one or a couple of us and you know and they would just be like what is happening why do you want me to see this like all the like asking me to explain it i was like i don't understand that and they're like well why do you like it i'm like but it's just it's so, and then this was the first time where I got to watch the movie with, you know, whatever the capacity was, but it was sold out. And we were all like, love this movie and talk about this movie. What is this movie? And it was the amount of laughter that happened throughout the film. It was like, it was things that with people who weren't, as interested it would turn them off whereas we collectively were like this is what i love the most about it. i remember sitting down and a woman like a seat or two down like you know in the front row she goes so is this where the real fans sit and i was like i don't know i guess so i just like sitting in the front you know but yeah obviously that question is stuck with me because i was like yeah maybe maybe there was some sort of a yeah, we all like this movie, but we like it the most <laughs> type of thing. I don't know. You know, I can be competitive at times, but I don't know. There's just something about the. It's 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 wild to be able to. And, and this is true with all art that I can enjoy it on a personal level. But it's also at its best when it is a shared experience with everyone else. You know, and that's 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 when it really becomes, you know, something. It stops belonging to the artist and it starts belonging to all of us. Mm -hmm. And it's like this is now a part of who I am, Absolutely. you know. Yeah. And I think you speak really well in that there's always going to be a personal enjoyment. But I think human nature is we we want to connect with people. And I think. It's really easy to, to know, oh, there's all these other people that 
have yeah. the same interests that I, I can understand on a level that other people in life might not be able to connect with them. And they're a complete stranger. And I'll, I'll probably never talk to them, but to just have that knowledge that I'm not alone. And I think with the the pandemic going on right now, just having that knowledge from the past, like I think helps get through a mm. lot of stuff. I, I there's there's one last question I really want to to get to and with you being in entertainment and having this collection do you remember the first time that you were able to hold a physical media that you participated in so like a form of entertainment that you were able to collect that you were able to add to your collection that you were a part of um yes uh I mean the first um I, I mean, it's so funny. I have an answer, and I, I was about to say the answer because the the first movie I the first movie I was ever in is the other guys, you know, the Will Ferrell, Adam McKay movie, and I started thinking of well, I was on TV shows, and I, and then I started thinking, oh man, I need to get those DVD sets of <laughs> the shows <laughs> I was on, like you know, Curb or um, uh, Bored to Death and stuff like that. Um, but at any rate, the experience of going to, and, and it's funny, it was actually right before this movie theater closed. They, they had two locations in Seekonk, Massachusetts, right next to where I grew up, uh, the showcase cinemas. And the one that I grew up with, um, was, you know, I grew up with it. So it was a a out of date by this point movie theater and they had opened you know the bigger you know multiplex with the stadium seating and all that shit but there was something almost dreamlike about going to the movie theater i grew up with and it was empty you know it felt like you know the the dirt mall mm-hmm. um because like the big walmart was putting it out of business which wasn't exactly the case, but there was an eeriness of how empty the place was and getting to sit in a, and it's been a minute since I'd sat in like old movie theater seats like that, you know, and getting to watch the movie with my family. Um, And it was a matinee. It was in the afternoon. So it was also that added to the movie theater being empty, but it was also like, there were some other people in the theater. And so holding that ticket stub, you know, was, was pretty wild. And then as soon as the movie came out on DVD, if it, if it, if it had been in a time where it would have been released on VHS, you know, I would have had it, Mm -hmm. but having the DVD was pretty wild. And then, you know, putting the, the, the stub into, you know, the case which is you know how i have it now still um it's pretty awesome i mean there there was such a small window of you know like the other guys i mean it, this is aside from you know putting out a cd in you know 2010 and having that cd and then you know of stand-up comedy uh and then putting out a seven inch single 
um, like four or five years ago of the pro wrestling fan single, um, both of which are still available. I have, uh, I have a box of the, the, the seven inches still, and I've like a bunch of, uh, CDs have come clean. still. if anybody is interested, hit me up. Um, like those were cool. Uh, and so, so proud of them as well, but the, the window of movies I was in that were released on home video was, was small and also cause, cause Disney announced they're not putting anything else out on DVD or Blu-ray going forward and they're not reissuing old stuff anymore. Wow. And that includes all the stuff that they own. So like Fox, you know, all that shit, um, which is a, a astounding end of an era. But so like the other guys, I have a copy of that. The music never stopped. I have a copy of that. But then like other smaller movies I was in, like the normals or all that I am um, just weren't movies that were got major distribution. So they were only available and are only available, you know, digitally or like you buy it on Amazon or, or iTunes or something like that, which was all. And the normals especially was a movie where I was like, man, that would have been sweet to have that on DVD because like the, the poster was the whole cast. So it's like, I would have been like, like right there, you know, you got the two stars in the, in the center of the thing type of, deal but it there is something um you know it's it's i don't you couldn't compare it to like a trophy but there is something about holding a finished product in your hand of like i'm a i'm i got to be a part of this you know to like you can just see A, a physical manifestation of hard work, you know, yeah. which is certainly how I felt holding like the CD or the seven inch single, you know, type of thing. But like, you know, like sober dad, like you said, up top like that, maybe at some, if there's people who want it, we'll put that on, on vinyl or CD, but it's like for right now, it's like, Oh, that, that might, that just might not be in the cards right now. You know, so it's such a strange, it's such a strange time. It's wild. Yeah. I'm, I think there's there's a lot being lost in kind of where media is going. Um, mm. But I think it's important to have people like you that have taken it upon themselves to, like we mentioned, be the historian, to be the, the, the gatekeepers and uh, the people that uh, the world can turn to, to, to know things, to have copies of things, and to kind of be the the flag bearer for the idea like this is art and we should be able to maintain it and this art belongs to everyone um kind of like anti-corporation almost um so i'm glad that you're out there you're out there sharing all this and you're out there um basically saving this um and like you said, it, you're almost called to do it. Like it truly is your passion. Um, so um, as we, we finish up, I just want to say thank you again, Matt, for, for joining me for this conversation, for sharing 
this um, with everyone. Uh, before we go, where can people find you um, on the internet or anywhere? Uh, I'm on the places where I'm most, you know, active and aware or Twitter and Instagram at McCarthy Redhead. M-C-C-A-R-T-H-Y-R-E-D-H-E-A-D. Um, and yeah, uh, we watch wrestling podcast every Wednesday. We put up new issues. Um, me and Vince Averill, we talk wrestling, wrestling, uh, two lifelong fans and, um, uh, justifying my movie collection. I got to, uh, issue 100 of doing it every single week. And then I was like, okay, I need to step back for a minute because it's, it's very time consuming. What I do is I take one piece, one video and watch it. And in real time, um, I'm pressing pause and talking to the audience. So there is a, it, for on my end, it was very time consuming, especially in the world of COVID. It was like, damn, we're trying to do kindergarten <laughs> during the day now in our house. So it's like, I, I need to slow down on this. But um, plus I had a writing project that I'm finishing up. And so I will be getting into doing that a little bit more regularly again. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, fuck. I mean, it's just, when the world goes back to normal, I plan on recording more stand-up comedy and making more fun videos and, you know, just participating in, you know, this thing. I, I just, I don't know, doing more of this stuff for sure. But yeah, yeah, just hit me up, check me out. I'm always going to be doing something, you know, and come along for the ride. Absolutely. And everyone out there, definitely give a follow. Um, if you already follow matt on twitter you're well aware of his constant battle to uh remind everyone that everything's better in the tokyo dome uh that's right and i i personally enjoy it i think there's one i don't tweet very much but there's one where you said uh, the only thing i replied was this was this is art um just the, the 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 context and everything i was like this is this is perfect this is this is what twitter should be it's not mostly what it is but i'm i'm glad that there's a a piece out there um but speaking of twitter if you want to get a hold of this podcast we're on twitter at wdyl podcast or instagram at what do you like podcast or you can go to our website what do you like podcast.com we have these conversations every tuesday um available on all major podcast platforms um so again matt it has been a true pleasure to to talk with you been a big fan for a while um we got to have we actually spoke to vince a couple months ago the, the we watch wrestling podcast has been a, a huge influence on me um and i'm just glad that uh been able to have this conversation and everyone out there we will see you next time <laughs>